worship him. Oh, you've never failed me yet. You've never failed me yet. You've never failed me yet. The promise still stands. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Oh, you never failed me yet. No, you've never failed me yet. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You've never failed me yet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Never failed me yet. Come on, you need to stand on that promise today, right now. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He never failed me, no, 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 no. He never failed me. Come on, somebody thinks that God's forgot about you. You think that God has forgot your name? No. Come on, lift your hands right now. Say, Lord, I thank you for your presence today. I thank you for your word. Hallelujah. He never has failed me. No, he has never failed me. And let the church say in Jesus' name. Let everyone shout amen. Uh, How many are glad that our guests are here visiting with us today? Can we give them a welcome today? Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Those that are joining us online, we're thankful that you're here today. We pray that you will like, comment, or share uh, what you're hearing and seeing. Today is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Someone shout amen. Good to see you, Brother Steve. We've been praying for you. I'm glad that you're recovering from all of that in Jesus' name. We're thankful for that. Amen, amen. There are those that are in need of prayer today. I pray that you will keep them in that prayer vein, that you will lift them up before the Lord. Amen. Uh, So today, I'm going to start a new series, and I'm looking forward to this series, and I pray that you are as well. Now, listen to me very carefully. You praise team, you can go down. Thank you so much. Uh, Brother Stefan, if you could hang out for the rest of your life, that would be great. How many agree, right? Right? Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> oh, love that man of God. So, uh, yes, happy pastor appreciation to all of the ministers of this body of Christ. And uh, I am so appreciative of the team of people that lead us towards Jesus. Amen? So many. Sister Courtney, uh, she does an amazing job in our children's. And I'm so thankful for her commitment to that. Amen? 
and and I hope she knows how much we are committed to her. Amen. For the Dan and the youth, of course, and uh, I'm just very thankful in all that we do together towards the kingdom. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the holiday season is coming. Someone say, "Oh me." Oh, come on now, say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so it's going to be good. Amen. Today, though, I, I'm going to need all the time I can get because I have a lot to say and a little time to say it. So I'm going to move quickly today. Now, listen, I want you to do something for me. I want you to have your phone out. If you can follow along or take notes or a piece of paper, I want you to write down the questions as I'm preaching. I want you to write down the questions that you might have as a result of the word of the Lord coming forth about living, someone shout living, uh, in the last days. I want you to notice, I asked Sister Sarah uh, to make sure that she emphasizes living. Someone shout living. You notice that the in the last days is smaller, it's below, it's not as important. Hear me today, God has not called us to fear, but he has called us to love and to a sound mind and to faith. Someone shout amen. So one of the things I want to say right off the bat is this is not a fear-mongering message, nor will there other five or six that are coming, right? They are facts. Revelation is what? A revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And so many ministries, and I'm not, that's between them and Jesus, but it's a fear tactic. And if I can fear you and scare you into an altar, the devil can scare you out. Ah, oh, did you hear what I just said? We don't serve God because I'm scared. I serve God because I'm excited that he loved me and he gave his life for me and he's coming back again for me. Someone shout amen. So many people uh, are so fearful. Uh, today is my mother's birthday. And uh, she was an individual that so struggled with the last days in her position. And uh, I remember her today as I was studying for this, uh, this message and how sometimes in her life, you, you remember when uh, uh, the, the movie came out or a series of movies uh, um, left behind? That, that just messed with so many people, right? And it was so unbiblical. If you go back and watch it, it's, it's, it's so unbiblical, right? She was worried about getting her head cut off because, you know, they showed guillotines in this movie, right? And you're going to have to suffer for Christ's sake and, and all this. And, and, and by the way, there are people that are being beheaded today for the name of Jesus Christ. But my point being is I don't want, I, I decided back then that I never wanted to live in a promise of God that made me fearful because that is not of God. And the minute I become fearful, I become lacking in faith. Someone say godly fear. Now that's a different story, right? You're not, you're not fearing God, so to speak, but you're, you're in awe of his power. You're fearing the matter that he is so great and we are so small. So living in the fear of God is a good thing. Living in the fear of the enemy is a bad thing. It's a different kind of fear. You got that? Someone shout amen. So I hope that you will write notes down and we're going to come back later and you can ask me or email me or text me those and I will do my best to address those. So we're going to start in. Someone say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm in God's house today. 
You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Stefan, so much. Living, someone say living, in the last days. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. Today we start a series. It's going to be a at least a seven uh, a, a sermon series uh, because of the sub, the topics and how I want to cover them. So I'll be preaching about this uh, for a while um, because I believe that we're in a time that you need to hear the word of the Lord about the last days. Amen. So we are in this time period. The reason why, as a shepherd, I am leading you to this particular field of living in the last days is because we are in the last days, and I think that there are so many questions, and I fear that you might seek information on the internet that is nothing but fear-mongering and not of God. So be careful who you allow into your spirit, into your life. The Bible says to know them that labor among you right? So it's important that we hear the word of God and not man's idea of what word the word of God is. The problem with last day teachings, end times teachings, is that everybody inserts their opinion. You'll hear uh, preachers and teachers say things, and I understand why they would, because you've got to fill in some of it, but they must leave a disclaimer that says, this is what I think or I believe, right? It's not based wholly and totally on the word of God and it is hard to as a preacher fill in but I have said it many times I'll say it again I as a pastor and preacher will be silent where God is silent who am I to help God finish his book come on now who am I to say I I'm so full of wisdom that I'm going to help God today right no we're going to act humble someone say amen we're going to approach his word with godly fear and we're going to honor it and we're going to, we can say and talk about theories and thoughts and, and and those are fun and exciting but let's not speak where god does not speak so today i'm doing my very best to do just that i'm going to inundate you with very much scripture today and so we will go through the event i will walk you through a brief timeline of all of the happenings of the end times from now until eternity. I'm going to take you step by step through those uh, briefly, and then I will come back to some of them in later days and preach and teach about them in extensive ways. So today I want to speak about how we are, as Christians, say, yeah, that's me, are supposed to approach this last day. Am I supposed to crawl in a hole or am I supposed to live? Am I supposed to be an example to non-believers or am I supposed to, uh, or am I going to be an example that no non-believer would want to be there? I don't want that Jesus because that looks horrible. Oh, my God, you're having a nervous breakdown full of anxiety. I don't know about you, but I want to be a good billboard about living. Uh, someone ought to give the Lord a hand clap right now. I want to be a good billboard about how I'm an overcomer in Jesus. He'll never leave me nor forsake me, but he'll go with me always, even until the what? End. So do you trust Jesus with your end? Eschatology is something, it literally means the study of the end. And when you are talking about different religions and theories and thoughts, you must always understand that every denomination and every uh, person on this planet probably has some opinion differing than mine or yours about this eschatology or the study of the end. Because so much is not said 
But I want to focus on what is said, right? So I want you to help me focus on what is said. So today, let's jump right into the, the book of Mark. Jesus, everybody shout Jesus. Jesus is here in the book of Mark, and you find this story, this line of thinking in both Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, you will find this conversation. The Bible says in 13, uh, Mark 13, 32, let's read it together. But of that day, someone shout that day, and the hour, no one knows. Shout no one. Now I'm going to break your brain a little bit here for just a second. Listen, not even the angels in heaven, what does it say? Nor the son. Now, I'm going to break your brain a little bit. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he's saying to you, I don't know when I'm coming back again. Read it for yourself. (laughs) Nor the Son, capital S, right? But only the Father. Pastor, why is this? Because he was speaking as the man Christ, not as the risen Christ. Because when he became the risen Christ, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father also. I and my Father are what? One. So he's talking about the man Christ, the man that was born of a virgin, right? So you've got to understand when you're reading these scriptures that you read them correctly, that you read them with right context and understanding. So he says, nor the Son, but only the Father. That was uh, something I want you to catch. But here in verse 33, I really want you to underline this or take note at this, and that is this. Jesus says, what? Take heed, watch, and pray. Pastor, what are we supposed to be doing right now? Take heed, watch, and pray. What, what, uh, the end times are scaring me. Take heed, watch, and pray. I don't know what I, I, I don't know how to pray. Take heed, watch, and pray. What do I tell my neighbor? Take heed, watch, and pray. Jesus said over and over again, take heed, watch, and pray. Look at your life. Reflect on your life. How does it match up? Take heed. Are you in a position that says, I give you whole and total control of my life. I repent and confess and I am under your blood and your name. I have taken heed of my sinful nature. I have repented on a daily basis. I have given myself to mercy and grace and forgiveness. I have taken heed of the time that I'm living but I didn't just take heed I started watching because the enemy roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so I can't just look at myself I gotta start watching for others Uh, I gotta start watching for my household I gotta start watching for my brothers and my sisters I gotta start watching for the lady at the grocery store who's struggling to make it from one thing to another yesterday my wife and I we were uh, just had a long week and I said you know what let's just order some food in and so we ordered the food in and, and I was watching the lady uh, trying to deliver my food and she went all over ladies and gentlemen she went all the way down to Merritt Road she went all the way up back up to Ypsilanti she went back and forth up and down Textile uh, or uh, Stony Creek and I was, I was texting her saying ma'am you just missed the street turn left turn left turn left and she kept going straight right so I, I finally She's, I didn't know. I, I contacted the company. Look, I don't know what's going on here. Maybe I don't know what's happening. So uh, I, I, I'm going to shout, obey the Holy Ghost. 
I was upset. Have you ever ordered food and you knew it was going to be cold when it got to your house because you were the third person on the list that they are delivering to, right? So frustrating, right? And I'm not going to pay that extra whatever to get it delivered straight up, right? Come on now. I, I want you to understand that I was not happy. But something checked me in the Holy Ghost and said, your human flesh needs to calm down and sit in the back seat for a minute. And I was like, I don't feel like sitting in the back seat. I'm upset. I started capitalizing one of my text you missed the street again the third time and I deleted that text because the Lord smote me and said you and by the way this food's being delivered to a church I just wanted to, and they're going to wonder are you the senior pastor and uh, and uh, your lamp is not very bright right now and your spirit is not very Holy Ghost led right now so I deleted that text uh, and finally I said bless God brother Terrence I'm just going to call the lady so on that app I pushed the number and and it, it got straight to a voice message. I said, go figure that, right? And I hung up, right? Two seconds later, she called me back. Her name was Deborah, I believe, and, and she's crying. She's crying. But Stefan, this is where we've got to be led by the Holy Ghost in this last hour. I was upset because I didn't get my food fast enough, right? She's upset because she's struggling to make life ends meet. So she, when she got here, right, she finally got hired. I talked her in. I didn't let her off the phone, man. Okay, now I see you on the app. Yep, no, I'll take a right right there. Yeah, no, you're doing good. Come on, that's right. She's crying. I'm so sorry. I can't believe it. I'm like, no, no, turn left, turn left. Yeah, okay, good, good. Now go down to the church and go back to the parking lot. And, and I'm giving her step by step. And here's the deal. When she got there, she opened the door and she burst into tears and hugs me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm such a bad driver. And on and on and on. So I, I, I just took my liberty. You're at my house on the church property. And I said, uh, I, I don't accept that in Jesus' name. You're not a bad driver. You're not a bad person. You're having a bad day. That doesn't make you a bad person. And she looked at me and I said, can I pray with you right now? And she said, oh God, please, please pray with me. Well, folks, we had a Holy Ghost hoedown in the driveway back there. We had a Holy Ghost hoedown. The Holy Ghost hit me, and we began to pray together, and she began to weep and cry. And Why? Because there has to be a sensitivity in this hour that my flesh has to be crucified daily, and I've got to let the Holy Ghost shine through me because I don't know whom I'm affecting. I don't know what I'm going to say. It may change the trajectory of her eternity. It's not my job to save her. It's my job to love her, to do what I need some help in this house today. I've been watching for her all morning. I've been, I've been, because she said, Pastor, I need Jesus so bad. She's, because she's going, I'm coming, I'm coming. I've been watching for her, and I expect that one day I'm going to look up and she's going to be in the house of God. You know why? Because it's in this hour. Listen, the sensitivity that you are living with in the Holy Ghost has to be amped up in this hour. Are you in the soul saving business or the flesh saving business? I've got to be in the soul-saving business, despite my lack of patience with food that might be cold. By the way, it wasn't cold. Miraculously, it was just fine. 
I feel like, Brother Todd, that the Holy Ghost was like keeping my food warm for me or something. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. But I felt like, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Man, buttered chicken, and I'm hungry, man. So anyway, garlic naan, oh, so good. Uh, but it, listen, there's got to be an understanding in this hour that we're called to be above the fray. I'm not called to be a part of the fray. I'm called to be above the fray. So I can't post online things that are below the fray. I can't talk about things that are going to inflame. I've got to bring the Holy Ghost in because most of my flame is all flesh. I, I, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I'm going to encourage you. You are a saint of God. People read what you write online. I, I know it's not fair, but you did put it out there. So listen to me. Uh, be careful with your lips and your fingers because if you're not careful, you're going to offend the least of these. And when Jesus said you offend the least of these, he said you might as well tie a millstone around your neck and be cast into the sea. I'm not going to be guilty of being a roadblock for someone's path to heaven. I'm, I've got to get back to my notes because I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this house. Okay, so listen, 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 listen. We've got to move quick. Woo, are you guys ready? Oh, Jesus, I didn't realize. I'm, I'm not even off the first paragraph, and I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. Everybody shout, take heed. Come on, say it, take heed. Watch, someone shout, watch. Someone shout, pray. For you do not know when the time is verse 33 it is like a man going to a far country verse 34 who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper the doorkeeper the doorkeeper to what watch verse 35 shout it with me watch therefore for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight the crowning of the rooster or in the morning lest verse 36 says coming suddenly he finds you sleeping you're supposed to watch but are you sleeping you're supposed to watch but your eyelids are heavy you're supposed to watch but you are finding it difficult to stay awake it reminds me of the writings later in these great books where Jesus says can you not watch with me but one hour there is a Suddenness of the coming of the Son of Man that you need to be aware of. Hear me today. In Luke 21, 34, but take heed. Someone shout, take heed to yourselves. Let your hearts be what? Let, lest your hearts be what? With what? Carousing and what? Carousing or what? Or what? I want you to notice that he equates the cares of this life with drunkenness and carousing. Just the well, I, them old drunks over there. No, no. What about your cares of your life? What about the worry of your soul? What about the mundane of your life that you have not given to God, but you try to control because you, you somehow feel like you need to? He equates drunkenness and a drunk lifestyle with the cares of this life. I want that to sink into you because I feel like the thing that is stealing people's mm, deliverance and eternal life is the cares of this life. Yeah. 
By the way, I'm very excited about Ford's new contract. I'm looking forward to the tithe and offering going up by 40%. I'm excited about that, by the way. Someone say amen. Listen, here we go. He says, because that day come upon you, what? Unexpectedly. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I don't know. But it will be unexpected. Watch therefore, some shout watch therefore. And what? Pray always that you may be what? Counted worthy to escape all these things that will what? Come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. In 2 John 7, this is what he says. John writes in 2 John, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do what? Do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. All God, all man. We'll talk about that in a different sermon, but you need to recognize that. And this is a deceiver and an antichrist. That's pretty strong words right there, isn't it? Look to what? Yourself. Take heed. Look, reflect, repent. What is it in my life that God wants me to give to him that I have not? That we do not lose those things. Here it is. We worked for, but that we may receive the full reward. Here's what it says in the New Living Translation. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. Verse 9 says, Whosoever transgresses and does not, what? Abide. Someone shout abide. Mm, someone shout abide. So I, I got I to what? Take heed, watch, and pray. But now I'm learning I, I need to abide somewhere. I've got to be somewhere. I can't just hang out everywhere. I can't be there, here, and everywhere. I've got to abide somewhere. Where's that somewhere? He says what? Abide in the doctrine of Christ. Do you understand there's a doctrine of Christ? It's not negotiable. Doctrine is given by God and can never be changed by man. Man cannot mess with doctrine. That's how you know the difference between dogma and doctrine. Doctrine is an edict from God's throne. Dogma is man's interpretation of what God might say. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I want you to understand it's very, very different. But here, he's very emphatic. He's talking about, watch out that you do not lose what you've worked so hard for. And whosoever transgresses does not abide, transgresses what? Not being reflective and repentive and looking out for the thing that you've worked so hard for. But letting it go and letting it be deceived. We find, he says, whosoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ do not have what? God. Now, I want you to say that with me. Does not have what? God. Now, these, as we talk about these last days, there's going to, not from my lips, from the lips of the Holy One of Israel, Jesus Christ, the Father, it's, it's, you're going to have to understand he's going to say some very hard sayings. In fact, there was hard sayings that he said in the New Testament to the disciples that made them leave and no longer follow him. He said, you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the Bible says, and many of them said, hey, that's just too far for me. Because they were, listen to me carefully, they were viewing things through the natural eyes and not the spiritual eyes. So I need you to, in the next little while uh, for the rest of your life but for especially these sermons that you will put on spiritual 
glasses. That you will allow the Holy Ghost to abide in you and speak to you. Do not reject what you hear because it makes you scared. If you are scared after this series of messages, it simply reveals to you that you need to repent and get right with God. It's called conviction. Someone say amen. So it's not condemnation. No, that's of the enemy of your soul. It's conviction from the holy word of God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both what? The Father and the Son. Here in Matthew 24, I'm going to go quickly because I'm running out of time. Here in Matthew 24, which by the way, Matthew 24 is one of the pivotal chapters in the scripture about the second coming of Jesus Christ and what's going to happen in the last days. Here's what I want you to understand about Matthew, Mark, Luke. The words that Jesus spoke in these three, God himself decided while I'm on planet earth for 33 and a half years robed in flesh I am going to talk about some things and say some things that are super duper important God himself said I have limited time I've got to speak what is most important do you understand that red letters are a big deal to me uh, well, that's the, rest the whole Bible's the, yes, the whole Bible is divine, yes. But there's something interesting about how God would choose his words while on planet Earth. He could have said a lot of things. He didn't reveal the mysteries of the universe. He told us about how we need to be saved. He didn't come to, to, to just, you know, for the, those that are already saved. He came for those that are lost. So in, in this reading contextually your Bible, you must understand he's writing to the Jews of the present hour, the disciples. But he's also writing or speaking prophetically to us as followers of Christ, as children of God, believers in the doctrine of Christ. Someone shout amen. amen. So we're going to talk out of Matthew 24 this week, out of Matthew 24, about the events of the last days because Jesus tells the disciples. Let me read it with you. Matthew 24 and verse 1. Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. It's as if this was the first time he had ever been to the temple. And it says in verse 2, And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? He, he's looking at all these buildings. Assuredly, I say unto you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be what? Thrown down. Today, if you were to go to, to Israel, uh, I'm not sure you'd want to be there today. There's, there's so much war and, and tragedy going on in that city. We need to pray for Jerusalem. Someone say amen. But you would not find the temple. Now, they have relayed the cornerstone. There's a cornerstone that you can see in the middle of a courtyard that has, uh, uh, has been defined as this will be the cornerstone of the third temple that will be built. But it's not built yet. And there's a lot of things that are going on in this hour that are related to that because that temple is to be built right on or near right there by the, the, the Dome of the Rock, which is a sacred spot for our Islam. And so when you look at how this is going to be, it's going to be very political, it's going to be very uh, destructive, it's going to be all kinds of things. So we're looking at this right now, watching. John writes in this same, uh, I'm sorry, Luke writes in this same thought process that when you see the armies gather around Israel, know that its desolation is near. 
that was not only for then, but for now. Now, I believe, and this is uh, uh, what I see in the scripture from Daniel 9 and Daniel 11 and Daniel 12, I see where we're going to talk about the, the abomination of desolation at a later date. But I will say this of that, that Jesus here was speaking of two different things. He was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem that would be at the hands of Rome in 70 A.D., The first desolation came in 175 B.C. by the hand of the king of Syria when he took over the land of Israel and he brought pigs inside of the temple and he offered pig sacrifices and made the the, the priest of that time eat those pigs. And that was considered, and the Bible talks about it being the desecration of that temple. There's the next one, which was the Temple of Solomon, uh, which was, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Temple of Nehemiah and Ezra that they rebuilt. They came alongside. Solomon's temple was destroyed in, in an earlier time. And then we find Nehemiah, and, and we know that story, a trial in one hand, a sword in the other, right? But now that temple still, that temple for the Jews must be built. And for the Christians, not as a part of our covenant with Christ, but as a part of the signs that we must see, that third temple will be built. Because that's where the Antichrist, we'll talk about later, will stand and again the third time make a desecration of that temple. So we know that these things are coming. So I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but this is what you want to come back for because we're going to be talking about in detail these events. We're going to be talking about them. Now, uh, let me go on, and, 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 and I'll get back to Daniel 9, 11, and 12 later, uh, and there's a lot to say there. But let's go on here in Matthew 24. He says this, watch this, and Jesus said to them, do you not see these things? Assuredly, not one stone, right? Verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, some say Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Hey, uh, Jesus, um, listen, uh, we need you to clear some stuff up because it's really scary. Um, Could you please tell us, right? Could you please tell us when these things are going to be? We want to have time to prepare. You see, we need bank accounts. We want to hide some gold. We want to put some stuff away. We want to make sure all of our uh, first aid kits are up to date. You know, this sounds pretty heavy here. We want to know. And what will be the sign, everybody shout sign, of your coming at the what? End of the age. So Jesus is telling them about what was going to happen through the Roman government and the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. But he's also referring to what would also come at a later time. And the disciples picked up on that based on all that he had been teaching them, right? Remember, you can't take one passage and build a doctrine on it. You need the whole whole word of God. So we know throughout Matthew, he had been laying crumbs about this, op, this, this idea, and, and they began to perceive this. And so what will be the sign? What, 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 tell us, what's the end of the age? What does it look like? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. Someone shout, take heed. Oh, listen, he didn't say, you know, buy non-perishable food and get your canned goods in the basement. He didn't, he didn't say preserve your flesh. Oh, I want to say it one more time. He did not say preserve your flesh. He didn't say build a bunker. He didn't say buy guns. He didn't say, no, he didn't say any of that mess. He said, take heed. Are you ready to meet Jesus when he comes back to get his church? 
because all things are not physical. All things are spiritual. And if you put your glasses on of only preserving the flesh, which we all do, I'm guilty, you're guilty, we're all guilty. But if we're not careful, we will end up with this idea that our flesh will somehow save us in the end. We will claim the law because I did like the rich young ruler from my youth, Jesus. I did everything I was commanded. But Jesus said, you lack one thing. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Oh God, don't lack one thing. Hear your pastor today. Those online and in this room, hear the man of God when I say, do not be lacking one thing. The one thing that we most lack is obedience. Someone say amen. We see the word of God, we hear the word of God, and we do not listen and obey the word of God. This is a disease of mankind. My wife informed me this week that I fall into the category that most husbands only hear 20% of what their wives say. And she informed me that you fall into this category because I say all kinds of stuff and you claim you never heard me. And I said to her, I want the blood of Christ to cover me right now. I take my Fifth Amendment and Jesus. This morning she said, you, you, you're, you're doing it again, 20%. I said, well, just lift your hands and be thankful for the 20%. My God, let's go. Someone shout one thing. Uh, the reason I tell you that is because I, I, what I want you to understand is that if we're not careful, hear me today. This is what I feel the Holy Ghost say to me this morning, that we are the husband of this. And that God speaks to us and we are only hearing 20% of what he's saying. that we ignore for the sake we preserve our flesh over preserving our souls I want you to recognize what's happening he tells us tell us when these things will be that your second coming end of age and Jesus answered someone shout Jesus said take heed that what no one deceive you. You can't be deceived if you know the word of God for yourself. Many of us are deceived because remember who we believe dictates where we end up. So in our lives, we got to verify who we should believe. By the way, you should only believe a man of God that's following the word of God. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So, take heed that no one deceive you. For many will come, someone shout amen. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will what? Deceive many. I want you to recognize that in Matthew, we begin to see some evidence here of the signs. Sister Sarah, if you'll give me that next slide um, there. So the first step of understanding what's going on in our world, the first thing, the first sign of the time is found in Matthew 24. Jesus begins to speak what is truth in verse 6 of chapter 24. This is what he says. And you will hear, some shout here. Are you with me today? Is everybody okay? Can I keep going? 
I'm going to anyway, but I just want you to engage, right? Don't disengage. He says, he says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Someone say amen. And then he says, see that you are what? Not troubled. No, I'm going to say it one more time. See that you're what? Not troubled. I got news for you that wars and rumors of wars has been going on since before Jesus died on the cross. He's saying to you, there's some things that got to come to pass that will come to pass through wars and rumors of wars. But don't be troubled about that. Why? Why? For all these things, what? I can't hear you. What? Must come to pass. But the end is what? Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, help me, help me, Lord. Why? Why? Because, listen to me, be careful when people predict wars as part of Jesus' return. The wars must happen. What's going on in Israel is a part of the end time cycle. It must happen. It has to do with the third temple. It has to do with all kinds of things that are geopolitical and all kinds of things that are happening. And, and, and I, I don't like war. Someone say amen. I hate war. I think it's vicious and it's ungodly in so many ways. But understand, these things are human and they must come to pass in order for the word of God to come to pass so that you and I can see Jesus and go to heaven for eternity. I'm not the guy that made up the rules. Talk to Jesus. He says very plainly that these things must come to pass. They must come to pass. Give me that. Can, is it possible? I don't know if it is, Sister Sarah, that you could give me those other slides in the center. I don't know if it's possible. Those ones that have the uh, signs of the end times, famine, earthquake, persecution, those, those slides. I don't know if you can. If you can't, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Um, but we, we can see, if you can go back to that slide where we are at uh, signs of the times. In the signs of the times, we know that there are wars and rumors of wars. Look at your neighbor and say, but the end is not yet. If the end came after wars and rumors of war, Jesus would have came back eons ago. It's a part of the process, must take place, but the end is not yet. We cannot look to wars as the end of the age. Someone say amen. It's not my words. That's not what I was taught. I don't, I don't know what to say. Because I'm going to follow the words of Jesus. I'm, I'm talking about Jesus here, right? So Jesus foretells of wars and rumors of wars. Then these conflicts are viewed as an indicator of the approaching season. You won't know the date or the hour, but we know that you will know the season. We'll read about it here in a minute because he tells a story about the fig tree. When you see in the spring the fig tree has leaves, you know that summer is near. There's an observation. I don't know the day that the, the leaves are coming out. I don't know the hour the leaves are coming out, but I know that it says summer is coming. Something is coming. Something's happening in the world. So you might not know the day or the hour, but God has given us the ability to see the seasons that we are living in. We are living in the season of the last days. So he says, these things are going to come to pass and, and, and they're going to happen. They represent both actual wars and unrest and strife. They actually represent all strife of mankind. So we know that that's been going on, but the end, someone shout, the end's not yet. And then in verse 7, this is what he says. 
He's talking about famine. And for nation will rise against nation. Why? For the purpose of food. I don't know about you, but I've been reading a lot about the lack of food. About how the war in Ukraine is cutting off the world's supply of grain to the world. It's, it's been a, a concern. This is a conversation that's going on in all of the earth about food consumption and how. So we know that famine is, is, a, is not just in a, a world uh, phenomenon by weather, but is also by world activity that would cause the same thing. So we look and see here that... Jesus mentions famine as a sign. Someone shout, it's a sign. But the end is not near. It's not yet, right? It's near, but it's not yet. And then he goes on, uh, famine signifies scarcity, food, resources, and it highlights the challenges and suffering during the end times. What we're seeing on our TV today, tomorrow, of all the killing and the suffering and the ungodly things that we're seeing, and we cringe we're seeing that as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. There were two brothers. <laughs> there were cousins. <laughs> they hated each other. You, you, you have to recognize that this is not something that started last week or last month. This has been going on since the beginning of time, since Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that there is, right, and yet the end is not yet. And then it says, watch this. He goes on about famines. And then in verse 7, he also talks about earthquakes. And he talks about there will be famine, pestilence, right? I don't know if you saw it this week, but the, uh, the people in Detroit, the border people, uh, federal government in Detroit, caught a bunch of giant Egyptian um, uh, they're like grasshoppers, but they, they are the, the most devastating. The reason Egypt is part desert is because these creatures eat everything that is green. They're non-discriminatory. They literally destroy and make deserts. That's how vicious these animals are, these bugs, these pestilence. And they found a, a, a bunch of them in Detroit in a shipment that was coming in from Egypt. You got to recognize, and Pastor, you know, what's the significance of that? Well, I'm just telling you that we have things. I don't know about you, but I, I stood out and got warm the other day, and I thought I was being attacked by a giant bug factory, right? Because we, we are in a, a time of pestilence. And I'm not just talking about bugs, I'm talking about things that are just pestilence. He goes on and says, earthquakes, right? He says, pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And he says these things. Hear me today. Read it with me. Verse 8. All these. Someone shout all these. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, Jesus is talking. I need to pay attention. He says, all these are the what? Beginnings of sorrows. Beginning of sorrows. This is not the end. This is the beginning. So this has been going on for a long time. And the Bible says in verse 9, very important, 9 and 10, he talks about something that's important you need to understand. He talks about persecution. Now, I want to stop here for just a second and let you know that persecution and tribulation are two totally separate things. There are persecution going on right now across this planet for the name of Jesus Christ. There are people that are dying today because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? 
So this is something that is happening. Persecution of the church, persecution of individuals. Persecution is not, hear me clearly, is not the tribulation. That's a separate thing. It's a, an event that we'll talk about. So he says what? Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine, pestilence, earthquakes. And then he says, this is just the beginning of sorrows. And then he, you will be delivered up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be what? Hated amongst all nations, by all nations. And it will be for one purpose. Not because you're dressed right. It won't be because you got money. It won't be because... You did something good on the mission field. It'll be for one purpose. And listen, you better get a hold of this. It's the name of Jesus that's going to save you. And you will be persecuted for the name that's above every name. But the persecution is but a drop in the bucket to the glory that we are going to see and have in eternity. So understand me today. If you're not being persecuted for Jesus, then something's wrong. You need to stand up and proclaim. You need to be a witness. You need to, oh, pastor, I don't want to be a target. I just want to come over here. I just want to go to heaven by myself. Look, that's not the command of God. Jesus is saying you will be, if you're one of mine, if you're one of God's, if you're a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you will be hated. Don't think it's strange. Don't freak out when someone says, I hate you. Don't worry about it. Some, I love you. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. I'm not here. Uh, I'm not here to defend myself against the people that say they hate me. Uh, I'm here to defend the fact that I have a God in heaven that loves me. Uh, and I, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. I will not go back to what I came from. But I will walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, I'll do what God has called me because I recognize I recognize I'm in the last days and there are souls that will not be saved unless I am a witness, unless I proclaim the gospel, unless I am a willing vessel. Open your heart and your mouth and trust that God will fill it as you tell people about Jesus. Come on, give God a praise. Amen. I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I promise I'm going to quit. Is everybody all right out there? I told my wife, to, uh, I hope they're patient with me today because I got a lot to say and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be too long. But listen, I, I want to keep going here. Listen, right? I need you to hear me today. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. It's the beginning of sorrows. You're going to be delivered up. You're gonna, it's going to happen. They're going to hate you. So don't freak out. Don't be troubled, he said. Don't be troubled. Don't don't you cannot get your eyes on your flesh you got to stay connected to the kingdom of God and where you're going not where you're at that's hard pastor you better believe it's hard but it was hard for him to die on Calvary but he did it for your sake and mine so let's let's do it for the sake of our family let's be examples for the sake of our kids and grandkids and those to come let's do it for our neighbors let's do it because Jesus is coming soon someone shout amen and then verse 10 says, and what then? Everybody shout then. Thank you. 
then you will what? You will be offended. Many, many will be offended. I don't know about you, but we're living in an hour that you can offend anybody by winking or walking or breathing or whatever. Everybody, everybody gets offended. It's, you're offending me. I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. I hear it all the time. Nothing's, I'm always, if, if, if Lord have mercy. Uh, it, it seems that we are living this more so than any other thing, but everybody's offended. And the Bible says not only will you, they be offended, but what? They will portray not just, listen, not just you they're going to betray one another there is no loyalty and we'll hate one another someone shout hate one another we are living an hour of hatred I'm going to pause right here can I take a minute and pause listen I want to be very clear about this that we are called to love everyone you know, we don't, we don't, God doesn't say, let me see here, uh, I'm going to check this tag out, what, what does he def- identify as, well, let's see here, oh my, you identify as that, that, and that, well, you're ungodly, so I'm going to leave you over there, and not tell you the gospel, and not tell you Jesus loves you, I'm going to, because I'm afraid of you, number one, you might get cooties on me, and I might get what you got, and, and, and we become irrational, Folks, this is how the world's going to be separated and the devil's going to win if we're not careful because we are called to be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called to do all things through him and through his blood and through his name. I'm called to love my neighbor as myself. And I don't know about you, but I want to love myself enough to get myself to heaven. And I want to love myself as much. So there's a moment here. We're seeing this with this conflict in Gaza that people are demanding that you choose a side. Listen, I'm on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I stand with righteousness unequivocally, but all of those people are children of God. He didn't die just for one of them. He died for all of them. I'm going to preach right now. We need to get our heads right because if we don't get our heads right, our hearts won't be right and we won't be ready when he returns because he's not coming for a bride that hates one another. Oh, I don't got time for this. I think someone ought to give God a praise right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. Okay. All right, for many... I gotta go. For 11, for, for then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. We're seeing that. And, and because what? Lawlessness will what? Abound. Lord have mercy. That's, that was this morning's news. Lawlessness will abound. And the love of many will what? Grow cold. My concern in this hour is that as we try to reach souls, that the batterment of the world makes the church's heart cold. Cold to the plight. We read last week how Jesus said, what, if, if you don't love the least of these, then you don't love me. And we got to connect the two. We can't let our hearts grow cold because we are upset or angry or because we think things are unfair. And we know we've got to maintain our what? Love in Jesus Christ. But he that endures, verse 13, someone shout it together. But he that what? Endures. So I, I don't just got to abide in him. I just don't got to, hello, take heed, watch, and pray. But I've got to endure some things in this last hour. 
I got to quit being complaining, a complainer so much. Complaining is the worship that Satan loves to hear. Because it's the opposite of faith. Someone shout amen. So he who endures the end shall what? Be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom well, will be preached in all the world as a witness to what? All nations. Here, I'm closing. And this gospel of the what? Kingdom. 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 Not culture. Kingdom. Not, not flesh. Kingdom. Not, not, not my way. The kingdom. The Bible says, and what? And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to what? All nations. Many of you have been taught that Jesus will not come back until every person on this planet has heard the gospel. It's not what the scripture says. The scripture says all nations. There are 500,000 people today that will die. Did you know that? Every day, approximately 500,000 people die on planet Earth. Did you know on the same day today, there will be approximately 600,000 people that will be born? Do you understand? You follow me? What what, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to help you understand that God's constraint is not... Listen, if if he's waiting for everybody to hear individually, then he'll never come back. You can read in... Right? You can read... Listen to me carefully. You can read in Romans chapter 1. You'll find that the writer Paul says this. He says, "They, they, they know God. They see him in the majesty of his beauty. You, they see it in the nature itself. They have, Paul says they have no excuse. So we got to recognize that our job as Christians is to preach the gospel to every person we know and to every nation that's on this planet Earth. Technology has allowed this prophecy and this declaring happen. We have satellites. How many have seen the satellites fly through the sky and think they're really weird, right? And all that line of satellites. Like, wow, what is that? You know, it looks like a giant snake or something. But you know what? That technology has allowed every nation, every nation, every nation. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Technology has allowed there to be Bibles on every phone. I have been to the ends of this earth. I have been to streams in the river that were, took us five hours to get to to baptize somebody in Colombia, and the people that were there had phones. Am I right? Trust me. And this is what it says. And then the end will come. The reason I believe so strongly in the message I'm preaching about Jesus is coming again is because this prophecy, it would seem by estimation of technology and information, has been fulfilled in completion. So now we begin to pray like John the Revelator prayed, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Can I have five more minutes? I need a good amen on that. Verse, I'm going to skip verse 24. I'm sorry, verse 30 of chapter 24. I'm skipping way down from 17. This is, uh, well, let me finish 17 real quick. For, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 4. We know for the Lord himself shall descend, right? Shout amen. With a shout, the voice of the, right? We know that that's going to happen. 
Let me, let me walk you through very quickly. I don't have time. But the catching away is the next. So let me watch. Signs of, everybody shout signs of the times. You might want to write this down. Signs of the times. So we're going to see all these signs. We know that all of those signs that the end is not yet. Until we get to the fact that when all nations have heard the gospel of this kingdom. And technology has allowed that to happen. So the next thing that we begin to look for is the catching away of the saints. Now I'm going to mess with some of your theology maybe or your, your thought process. And that's why I said write the questions down. I love to talk about them and take you through the scripture. But the rapture is not a, a word that's used in the scripture. But it is a word we use in English for the catching away of the saints of God. And we believe that as I was just reading 1 Thessalonians 4. That the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will what? Rise first. And then those that are what? Alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Everybody shout, that is the rapture. Someone shout, that's the catching away. That's why Jesus told all the stories about one will be in the field huh, plowing and there'll be two rather in the field. One will go away and the other one will remain, right? Why? Because he's trying to warn us. It's a thief in the night. It's going to come. You're not going to know the day nor the hour. It's going to come when you don't think it's coming. It's going to come suddenly. The, 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 the God of heaven is going to come and going to catch you asleep if you're not ready. I'll preach later about the ten virgins, right? And understanding that 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 story comes right after in chapter 25 of Matthew. He's talking about, we're the ones that put the chapter and verses in. Jesus continued to talk about the fact that what I'm telling you about the second coming is related or shown in this story of the ten virgins. There are five wise and five foolish. Brother, if you want to hear an amazing Bible study, go back to last week's because Brother uh, Wilson stole all my notes and uh, taught my class, or my sermon. He did a great job. He had no idea what I was teaching or preaching, did he? Uh, that's the Lord speaking, amen? So many believe that the second coming of Jesus is his physical coming. No, he's not coming back to get us. We're going up to get him. The rapture is the taking away. He removes us. Now, I am a pre-tribulation preacher, and I think that by the word of God, I can back that up. Now, there's some, you know, mid, post. I do believe that most of us should just be pan-trib. You know what pan-trib is? It's all going to pan out. (laughs) Right? I view things because I don't believe that God saved me, delivered me, set me free from everything, and then put me in a tribulation that was meant for the devil. Why would he do that? Right? It's out of his character. That's right. So I'm going to keep going real quick. So the tribulation is next. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to take a whole Sunday and talk about the rapture. I'm going to take a whole Sunday and talk about say, the tribulation. That's when all the Antichrist arises. This is when the false prophet, this is when the desecration of the temple, this is when you find the judgments and you find the seals and the trumpets and the bowls. This is where you see God's judgment begin to happen on the earth. This is where we find Armageddon. And when Armageddon is in its heat and it is in its, in its greatness, this is when the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to come and set his foot on the Mount of Olives. And he's going to come with ten thousands of his saints. So the second coming of Jesus does not happen until after 
the tribulation, when he comes to rule and reign, set up his millennial kingdom. Okay? So the second coming of, the actual second coming where he comes to this earth is not until after the rapture and after the tribulation. Right? On a post, in a, in a pre-trib understanding, Pentecostal uh, understanding, which I think is correct. The millennial reign will be a 1,000 years and Christ will rule over the earth and then the final judgment. Some people say, well, Jesus is coming back and that's it. No, 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 ladies, that's just the beginning. It's a long, there's a big process here. And so the millennial reign will be for a 1,000 years. Jesus will rule. We will rule with him as kings and priests. But then there will be a releasing of Satan from his prison for a short time and he will deceive nations and then there will come the final judgment the judgment seat of Christ this is when all of the non-believing dead will be resurrected to stand before God to give an account and be judged we as we have been raptured out of the grave and caught up to be with him will be a part of this we will be already there. We'll be in the kingdom. We'll have already ruled and reigned with him. Okay? Now, one of the you know, things that you have to recognize is, you know, the millennial reign. I'm going to talk to you about that, you know, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And then the final judgment. And then a new heaven. The Bible says, and then a new heaven. How many are excited about a new heaven, a new earth? A new Jerusalem. Someone shout Amen. And that, from that point, we will live in eternity with Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen before Jesus comes. So, Pastor, why are you teaching this? If Jesus himself is not coming, he's coming, but not how you think. He's coming to catch us away. But if those that died today are in Christ. They are with him. To be absent from this body, Paul writes, is to be what? Present with the Lord. So guess what? They got caught away. <laughs> and they are with the Lord to ever be in, the, in his glory, in his presence. They're waiting for us, right? And these tribulations will come. And they will all have to happen. But understand that the signs that are here Someone asked me, does the third temple have to be built in order to Jesus? I believe it does, right? And we'll talk more about that. I don't think that's for us. I think it's for the Jews, but it has to be for us also because it's a part of the concentration of, of, of the events that happens, right? So this war in, it, it, that's going on right now, Pastor, is it a part of the end time plan? Unequivocally, absolutely. Why? Because the technology has allowed the last thing to be in the days of the end times, the signs of the times to be fulfilled, the whole world has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's coming when you don't know. He's coming like a thief in the night. He's coming and he's going to catch some of us unaware. Some of us have been called to watch and our eyes are heavy. I'm trying to wake this body of Christ up that your eyes stop being so heavy and that you wake up in the Holy Ghost and you set a fire in your soul. Ah. Uh, some of you are, listen, some of you are living off of old prayer meetings. You're living off mama's prayers. You're living off daddy's prayers. You had a breakthrough five years ago and it still warms your heart when you think about it. But Jesus is coming Again, right now, are you still ready?
Come on, stand with me. Someone say amen. amen. Now, this is a different message for me because I'm approaching it in a very factual uh, teaching ministry. And I want you to, how many will go home? Raise your hand if you'll do this for me, okay? Don't raise your hand if you won't. So I want you to be, remember, you've got to be ready when Jesus comes. You won't be a liar. I'm going to say two things here. We only had 19 people to sign up to sponsor children. We have committed to 100. To say that this pastor is disappointed is just part of my human experience. But the Lord assured me this week that he's working on the hearts and for me not to worry about it, to put it on him because he knows the need more than I do. So I want you to go home and think about $39 a month, not a week, a month to help a child that you've never met that needs help. These aren't, we're not making this up. I want you to think about that. The other thing I want you to think about is this. Am I ready? Come on, say it with me. Am I taking heed? Has the Lord been poking you? Has he been prodding you? Has he been making you miserable because you've let a sin hang out in your life that he's trying to get you to deal with? Are you miserable? Are you torn? You have victory one day and not the next. Are you sick and tired of the enemy beating you? You need to turn your entire life to Jesus Christ. Reserve nothing from him. Make no provision for the what? Flesh. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You have no power but that that I myself give you. Satan, you are not omniscient. You are not all-powerful. You're not all-knowing. You are an angel, a fallen angel. But my God is the creator of heaven and earth. My God is the one that gave you your spirit. My God is the one who puts up whom he wills and takes down whom he wills. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him, serve him, and love him. There has to be a determination and understanding that pastor's not joking. The word of God is not just fancy stories, but it is the reality of the last hour, the last day. And Jesus himself said, when you know this is happening, uh, you better watch, you better take heed, uh, and you better pray. Why is it that I have to beg men to pray and women to pray when I should be uh, bombarded? There should be a line out the door uh, for us to come together and travail and to preach and to talk. Uh, Why? Not because we need a crowd, uh, but Jesus needs uh, saints of God and children of God to act uh, as if they are watching, taking heed and praying. We're not commanded to do everything. We're not commanded to save everybody. He does that. We are commanded to do three things. Take heed. I want you to think about what I'm saying today. I I know it's 1212, and I'm going to let you go in a second, but I want you to think about, have you taken an account of your life? I'm going to be blunt. 
Have you sat down with yourself and say, Lord, reveal to me the sin that is hanging out and causing me to have anxiety because I know to do right and I'm not doing it and it has become evil to me. The torment of Satan is the one that wants to beat you over the head. He wants to tempt you, do a quick change like Superman in a booth, and now he wants to accuse you. He wants to say, look what I got. Look, woo, you want to do this. You want to have that. And the minute you touch it, he now steps away and says, I can't believe you're doing that. You're a bad person. You're never going to be saved. You're not worthy. And I say to that, I rebuke that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is an evil spirit. It is not of God. But listen, if you don't wake up, if you don't wake up, those online, if you don't wake up, you're going to be asleep when he comes. Wake up, oh church. Wake up, oh man of God, oh woman of God. Quit wallowing in the things that God already forgave you of. Oh, I can't get enough of this. Quit wallowing. The word wallowing means just oh, just stand put and hanging out. No, abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. Not abide in your past sins that so easily beset you. Quit feeling sorry for yourself because you sinned. Get right with God and say, I am overcoming because God has made me righteous. I'm not righteous by my own accord. I'm righteous because he made me righteous. He bought my salvation on Calvary. I don't know where you're at today. Oh, God, please hear me. I feel... I feel so silent. I feel like you have earplugs in. I feel like the world has earplugs in. Because I'm challenging your flesh... And there's a war going on inside of your flesh. And I'm saying to you, you must be saved. You have an eternity to gain and a hell to shame. You have to make that choice. God said, I won't make it for you. You are a creature of free will. Oh, how easy it would be if God would just say, you're going to be saved no matter what. But that's not the God that we serve. He says, you're going to decide to love me. I'm not going to make you love me. You're going to decide to serve me. I'm not going to make you serve me you're going to decide and today is a day of choice and decision so I challenge you today have you taken heed in your life are you watching on the wall of your soul are you looking for the things that might so easily beset you are you looking out ahead of your life are you living only for right here right now or are you living for the fact that you will spend eternity somewhere All of us will die. I'm 55 years old. I doubt very highly I never live another 55 years. I'm only promised 20 more years by the word of God. It's a drop in the bucket to eternity, Dan. It's a drop in the bucket to eternity. I get to live everlasting life if I will what? Take heed. Watch and pray take heed I'm inviting this church today as they sing and they worship God I'm inviting you online I'm inviting you to to find a place to pray wherever you're at I'm inviting you to say Lord help me to take heed help me to watch and Lord teach me how to pray careful what you pray though be careful what you ask 
make sure you really are asking in honesty today. So I open this altar up. Somebody needs to pray. Somebody needs to get, somebody needs to repent. Someone needs to say, Lord, I've been living like a sinner and I need to get right with you. If you've never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, he loves you so much that he came and he died for you and he rose again on the third day that you can have newness of life. Uh, Sin cannot take you that God said, I am here to cover you with the blood of Christ. Come, respond to the gospel. Respond to the call of Jesus when he says, take heed. Watch and pray. Take heed. Watch and pray. Take heed. Watch and pray. I'm begging you today. Take heed. Watch and pray. Let the gospel move you. Take heed. Watch and pray take heed watch come on respond to God today I think you ought to oh yeah 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 oh we pour out our praise pour out come on let your breath in my lungs yeah yeah so we pour out our praise Great are you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great are you, Lord. Oh, it's your breath in my lungs. Oh, oh, so we pour out. Oh, we pour out. Oh, it's your breath in our lungs. Pour out, pour out, oh, oh, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out, oh, it's your breath, yeah, yeah.